Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Drotar. Presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. Our next guest is very familiar to listeners of Mile High Sports because you hear him every morning with his co-host Bruce Hurdle. is Eric Goodman. Eric Goodman on Twitter, 7, 9 a.m. every morning right here. And we haven't actually had the chance to uh, have you on. We tried a little bit on Friday as you were uh, headed to the mountains. Didn't quite work out. That's okay. We're not totally offended. We weren't invited or anything. But hopefully it was a great weekend. And and uh, thanks for joining us, Eric. Well, Sandy was invited, oh, but he okay. couldn't make it. Got it. You, Sean, that actually makes um, sense. That's a very different story. We've hung out together socially. I like you. I don't think my wife would. That seems fair, actually. That's a firm but fair. The Broncos right. the uh, Broncos Veterans Report trading camp tomorrow. And as usual, of course, when you get a new coach, that the idea is this is what will fix the Broncos. This is what's going to end the, uh, the long playoff drought. But the truth of the matter is uh, we looked at the depth chart uh, that was projected at least at this point last year. Uh, depending on the way you slice and dice it, 17 of the 22 starters are the same guys we expected last year. The roster turnover hasn't matched what's happened in the coaching staff. Is there reason to believe that, that the coaching staff's change is enough to elevate what is, for the most part, the same roster that, went, uh, that won five games last year? Well, I think it's fair to say that a future Hall of Fame coach in Sean Payton is a huge, <clears throat> a huge uh, get compared to what they had last year in which Nathaniel Hackett looked lost in the first game. So I look at what Sean Payton did in his first year in New Orleans. He took a team that wasn't very good, and then they won 13 games. He did inherit, or he did trade for, if we're being fair, a Pro Bowl quarterback in Drew Brees. Or I should say not traded for. Drew Brees went there as a free agent, right. I believe. Because that, and, and people weren't interested because they thought, his shoulder was injured severely enough that it would prevent him from playing well as he previously had with the then San Diego Chargers. They thought he well, was done with this. a shoulder injury. Think about this, Sandy. He was a Pro Bowl quarterback under Marty Schottenheimer. He was. He was. Right. He was a good quarterback. No, he was a Pro Bowl. And he, he hurt his shoulder Bowl. and people thought he was yep. done. Well, at the end of the day, he went to New Orleans with Sean Payton and boy, did Sean Payton put a lot of wind in Drew Brees' sails. He turned Drew Brees, a very good quarterback, into a Hall of Fame quarterback. I am not suggesting that is going to be the same case with Russell Wilson, but the tools are all there. And you know what the difference is between the tools this year with Russell Wilson and last year? Last year, when you look at his body type and his muscular development, uh, the the blade was very dull last year. This year it looks sharp. This is the coach that he wanted. And I'm not going to call Sean Payton a quarterback whisperer, but I will say he certainly has a track record of putting together really good offenses and building an offense around the type of quarterback that he has, which is kind of ironic considering a lot of people compared Russell Wilson's measurables to Drew Brees's measurables when he came out of Wisconsin. Except their styles of play are totally different. That's, their styles of play are totally different. Brees played they between are. the numbers, and Wilson has always played outside the numbers. And I thought, and I, I, I'd love to hear your reaction to this quote, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it. It came at the end of the mandatory minicamp from 
of the new offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, who said Russell Wilson is being taught things he has never had to do before. And he wasn't talking about just last year. He was talking about throughout his career. That we are teaching him things he has never done before. Now, he went on to say that Wilson seemed receptive enough, but I thought he was maybe more blunt than he imagined when he said, we're actually teaching an old dog a completely new set of tricks. And well, it, so first of all, your reaction to that quote, because that's well, unusual look- to say about a 35-year-old quarterback who's had a pretty darn good career that we're teaching him things he's never done before. I am not suggesting that Sean Payton does not like to throw the deep ball, but that's not his game. That is not his offense. No. It's quick passes over the middle. <laughs> and that's what made Drew Brees a Hall of Fame quarterback. If you look at Russell Wilson's history, I find it interesting that whether it's in Seattle or whether it's here, people say, boy, Russell Wilson's offensive line stinks year after year after year. If we're being completely honest, how great was Peyton Manning's offensive lines? All due respect to our friends Ryan Harris and Tyler Columbus and you know so many others. With Peyton Manning, he made quick decisions, so he made those offensive lines maybe look better than they were. And when you look at Russell Wilson, because he likes to hold onto the ball so long, eventually that offensive line is going to break down. If you look up these numbers over pretty much his entire career, he is either one, two, or three in the most sacked category of quarterbacks since he has come into the league. And the reason is he wants the home run ball all the time. That's not the way Sean Payton wants to play football, and that's why this old dog will have to learn new tricks. Eric, one of the things that's a good point you've made, and we've talked about that a little bit too, is propensity to hold on the ball, is propensity also to favor the sidelines to the point where using the ball uh, over the middle of the field is really infrequent. The the problem with Russell Wilson's decline could be twofold. One, we saw that the injury and the styles and the coaching, we can take all that aside. But also Russell Wilson seems to be playing a brand of football that the NFL itself isn't playing anymore. For uh, for another year, the the uh, depth uh, average depth of target went down. Shorter passes are now more in vogue. Uh, quicker right. passes are more in vogue. The, the way the Russell Wilson has played his entire career is exactly what the entire NFL and the successful teams in the league are avoiding doing. So uh, Sean Payton seems to be a little bit out of the curve. The league is playing what he used to do and he wants to do, but Russell Wilson has never done it. So now you run into a spot where you have an aging quarterback who never played a style of football in which today's NFL seems to not only prefer, but almost require. So how do you bridge that gap? Russell Wilson knows how to throw the ball over the middle. He just chooses not to. It's not like you have to teach him to throw the ball over the middle with a guy doing a slant route. He has done that. He would just rather have the home run pass. That's what he wants. I mean, you can make the case before he came to Denver, he was probably or arguably the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. Yeah, very well could. He, he is just going to have to change his mindset that any take a profit if it is sitting in front of you. And I'll tell you who's going to benefit the most. And I was looking up these numbers. I think Greg Dulcich is going to feast this year. I think we are looking at a guy minimum, if he's healthy, minimum 80 targets this year. 
And you already heard Sean Payton talk about Dulcich. I am not suggesting Dulcich is a clone of Jimmy Graham because Jimmy Graham is much bigger, taller, and thicker. But Dulcich does have the types of skills that make him a difficult cover. I think that with Dulcich hopefully healthy, and we know that Sean Payton likes to use the tight end, I think he's going to be a tremendous weapon, and that's going to be a lot of over-the-middle stuff, not just definitely stuff down the field all of the time. I think you always talk about a quarterback. you got to build a team around him. He has a team around him right now. He has help at the tight end position. Dulcich can catch. Now you have blockers. You have two uh, – you have maybe – the best, and Sandy, you can speak to this better than I can, maybe since the Super Bowl years, can you think of a better offensive tackle tandem since the Super Bowl years? And I'm not talking 2015, right? You have guys who can guard the edge now. So he has help at both tackles. I like Ben Powers on the inside. Quinn Miners is incredibly underrated. We'll see what happens with Javante Williams. Big fan of Samaj P. Ryan. I had somebody tell me out of Cincinnati – which sounds nuts, that person would have rather seen Joe Mixon cut instead of Samaj P. Ryan. I am really bullish on this guy. And we'll see what Cortland Sutton does and Tim Patrick coming back from injury. There is talent on that offense. And you have an architect who knows how to use those chess pieces well. But to what both of you are saying, is Russell Wilson going to adapt and be willing to learn new tricks? Because honestly, what really... Sean Payton is saying is it's not that we want you to stay in the pocket more, but we don't want you to always want to throw the deep ball, but take the profit if it's available to you for five, six yards and let's keep moving the chains. How patient do you think Payton will be about this? We know that the Broncos were aggressive in pursuing Jared Stidham. Uh, we know that they gave him, you know, two, maybe he has two years on his contract. He has this year and, and next year. It is difficult but not impossible to move on from Wilson after this year. It is easier to do it after the 2024 season. But if this is, as Jeff Legwald called it on ESPN, a don't call it a rebuild, rebuild for the Denver Broncos, <laughs> how, how long of a leash is Peyton going to give Wilson before potentially seeding to, to Stidham if Wilson continues to just play the way he wants instead of the way Peyton wants? I'm not saying this to you personally, Sean. Can we please stop it about Jared Stidham, please? This guy's done nothing in his career, and suddenly he's, he's a 1B to Russell Wilson's 1A. Russell Wilson had one bad season. You right. never judge a guy on his best season, and you never judge a guy on his worst season. We have seen Russell Wilson's best season somewhere in his 10 years there. Now we have seen certainly Russell Wilson's worst season. And one reason why he probably had his worst season was physically he was not in great shape. You know, people could talk all the time about how hard of a worker Russell Wilson is. Fine, slave in the film room. And that's great. It's great that you want to learn about opposing defenses. But there's also another part, coming in shape. And I find it interesting when Mike Kliss asked him, and I was standing there at the press conference, and I'm guessing – that, Sean, you were there as well, and probably you too, Sandy. How, many, how much weight did you lose? Wilson didn't answer the question. Right. Of course he's not going to. If he came out and said, I lost 30 pounds, how's that going to go over? It's not. Sean Payton has a vested interest 
in turning Russell Wilson around. You know why? Because if he does, that practically stamps him into the Hall of Fame even faster. He wants to turn around Russell Wilson. All coaches love a great challenge, and Russell Wilson is a great challenge. But the difference between this year and last year is Nathaniel Hackett, who practically peed himself when Russell Wilson was announced as the quarterback of this team, he sounded like a giddy kid who just won his fantasy draft and then allowed Russell Wilson to basically run the offense, which we found out Russell Wilson's probably a better quarterback than an offensive coordinator. Yes. That is not going to happen with Sean Payton. That's oh, not going to happen I, with him. I, I my way or the highway. Well, and that's I it. agree. But my point is Wilson's way has never been Payton's way. And I know Wilson said that he wanted uh, Payton to be his coach in Seattle, reportedly. He definitely wanted Peyton to be his coach after Hackett got fired. There's no doubt about that. And my reaction to that, on some levels, be careful what you wish for. Because well, Drew Brees is not Russell Wilson. Close friends, though they may very well be, they are completely different as quarterbacks. The only thing similar about those two physically is they're both under six feet. That's the only thing that's similar. They, they had this... A, you know, Spock-like mind meld going on, Peyton and Drew Brees. Nobody's ever had that with Russell Wilson because that ain't the way the Russell Wilson rolls. That's, okay, that's I'll not ask, his Sandy, I'll ask you this. Let's say for the sake of argument, and believe me, this is as much of um, a pretend type of scenario as I can think of. Let's say for the sake of argument, you really wanted Sean to be your boss. And believe me, I know that would never happen in a million years. But let's say you really respect Sean and you really want him to be your boss, but he's going to tell you to do things different than what you're doing. Don't you think you're going to listen to him? Of course you are, because you respect Sean's opinion. Well, And I think that's the difference. Well, you know I can hear you, right? He and he John, and, are you there? Wait, he and Pete Carroll. Is this on? Is this on? Wilson and Pete Carroll had a pretty lovey-dovey relationship for a long time in Seattle until Wilson was asked finally to do some things a little differently and refused to do so. And, well, I think there's a reason for that because Russell Wilson, who got drafted out of college, a guy nobody really wanted, right, had to listen. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, he wasn't a first-round draft pick. But once he started getting success, you can make, make the case, things started going to his head. And he probably thought in his own head, the Seahawks are doing what they are doing. Now, granted, after that great defense beat the Broncos' brains in in the Super Bowl, and he was one of the few guys left standing, I think Wilson looked at Pete Carroll and said, hey, I'm the guy. I'm the reason why we are winning. Not because of you, but because of me. I think Pete Carroll got tired of it. As a matter of fact, I think we can all agree. Pete Carroll and the organization got tired of it. Now Russell Wilson has been as humbled as you can possibly imagine. And while Pete Carroll is, is in a lot of ways, very much a player's coach, Sean Payton is a, he, he's cut out of the same cloth as a Bill Parcells. Yeah. He's just not going to take crap from anybody. And when Russell Wilson wants this guy to be his head coach and get him back on track, I have very little doubt that Russell Wilson is going to get a play call 
and then go to the line of scrimmage, flip off Peyton and call an audible. He's not in that position anymore. He is no longer the darling of the Seattle Seahawks and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He has hit for, you know, you know how this reminds me of a little bit, a little bit. No, Sean Marino was a first round draft pick, right? Mm-hmm. Was it fair to say, fair to say he didn't take football that seriously. He eventually got demoted to the practice squad. Something clicked with him. Like, you know what? Maybe I'm just not all that. And when he figured that out, he became very, very productive with the Broncos. I'm not comparing Marino certainly to Russell Wilson right now. If Russell Wilson does not play well this season and he gets cast aside, he's going to have a tough time finding a starting job anywhere else. And certainly no one's going to pay him. They're they're also going to have, if that comes to be the case, they're going to have a hell of a time moving on from him. That's a huge salary cap hit. But anyway, here's what I wanted to ask you about. ESPN last week did a piece on – this year, next year, and the year to follow. Yeah, I saw that. You yep. saw that. All right. Three year projection. Mm-hmm. Future rankings. <laughs> there were only two the, the future rankings over the next three right. years, okay? Right. There were only two teams out of thirty two in which the coach was considered virtually the only strength within the <laughs> right. course of the next three years. Right. For a given organization. And you know where I'm going with this. Yes. One mm-hmm. of those coaches is still thought by some to be the greatest coach who ever lived. Okay. And the other one is Sean Payton. Right. The forecast for New England is that they will finish in last place. And he will likely get moved to the front office after this season. Well, or... He will retire or be nudged aside because right. Bill Belichick in the front office has been over the last three or four years like Mike Shanahan was in the front office the last three or right. four years. And right. uh, the GM got the coach fired and Robert Kraft, who's got an ego at least as large as Belichick, I think in part of Robert Kraft would love to move on from Bill Belichick especially yep. if Bill Belichick continues to have a losing record without Tom Brady. But but my, my point is, in forecasting all these encouraging things for the Broncos this year, doesn't yep. it make you a little nervous that the quarterback is not a top-20 quarterback as things stand right now, that the rest of the roster is at best mediocre, that their drafting has been if not the worst in the league, pretty oh, wow. close to the bottom really? in recent oh, years. The worst in the league? Really? 31st, the worst in the league? 31st. Sertan was a bad pick. Javante Williams was a bad pick. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think well, that's two guys. Oh, I, I think that's two guys. Sandy, I love you to pieces. That's a bit of hyperbole. I think well, there, are, I, there are more I than mean, a that's how Quinn they were Miners? ranked. Wait, that's, wait, Quinn that's how they were pick? ranked. Drafting ability and draft capital. You know who ranks that stuff, Sandy? People we've never seen at a training camp. Okay, but you'd agree that Tampa Bay might be number 32, right? I don't know. I don't watch the Buccaneers enough. I will say oh, this. Oh, come on. Come on. You know you know how every team drafts. You follow the game. 
You well, think the Broncos are a premier drafting team? Then George Payton should be able to serve out the remaining years of his contract without any fear of being fired. Well, no. You don't believe that, do you? You know, you know what you're forcing me to do? You're forcing me to walk inside off my deck, which I'm, I'm very upset that you're making <laughs> me do this, to look up the Broncos' draft history. Because how many drafts has George Payton had? Is it two with the Broncos? It would be three. Two. Three with the Broncos. Pardon three. Me. Three. Okay. Broncos draft history. Okay. I'm and not you mentioned two players. Okay. I am not. Pat Sertan, Javante Williams, Quinn Miners, Baron Browning, Caden Stearns. Caden well, Stearns is going to wind Browning up. And Stearns, Browning and Stearns can't get on the field because they're hurt all the time. Miners is the best of a sorry lot of offensive linemen. At least he was Miners last is year. much better last than year. that. Come on. He, 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 if you look at oh, rankings, if you believe he's pro, a pro football bowl? focus. He's a pro bowl guy? All well, pro? I'm, I'm glad you put words pro in my bowl? mouth that All aren't pro? in my mouth. Well, no, you, you, you're talking about him like he's a star. So he's the, best, he's the best offensive player they have, in your opinion. Quinn best Miners. offensive player? Yeah. Best offensive player? What are you talking about? No, I didn't say he's the best offensive player. Well, I didn't say he's well, an all-pro. I didn't, I didn't even say he's a Why pro. isn't he the best offensive player? No, but you plucked, the you plucked a starter in the third round. That's, that's not a – I, 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 I get where Eric's at. I, I don't think George Payton has had poor drafts. I, I think no, he's Jamari found guys Mathis, that I actually do. Jamari Mathis, is, do. I think, has a chance to be a pretty good player. Now, now, if you want to throw some shade in Nick Benito, I'm with you there all day. But we really don't know what Greg Dulcich could do yet. I think he's going to have a terrific year. I think I think Pat Sertan's terrific. You can make the case if you wanted Justin Fields or if you wanted um, Micah Parsons, you can make that argument. And at the end of the day, Sandy, I'll put it to you this way: when you draft, if you draft a guy with injury history, and then the guy is injured, then you absolutely made a mistake, right? So well, it's like Randy Stearns has heard at Texas. But he's a fifth the last rounder. Two years. That that you're 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 I, a fifth I know, rounder, but you though. guys are talking like these guys no, are not. established or have this great promise. Well, the, you're the guys mentioning these folks. I'm not. You're what you're bringing them up, and I'm saying really, you're fifth. You, a fifth who, round pick. Who? He was a fifth round pick. You're you're going to jump all, all right. over George Payton for a fifth round pick? No, I'm I'm, on, I'm standard, saying your I'm, standards are I'm high, saying, which are good, but come on. I'm saying, who's their best player on offense? Their most talented or their best player? No, no. Player? Hey, see, you have to equivocate. I, if I asked you about who the best player was on the defense, you'd say either Satan or Simmons. Right. There wouldn't be anybody right. else. On offense, you have to say, well, the last six games of last season, most talented, uh, guys uh, uh, played the most, been the steadiest. Uh, Dulcich didn't play a full year last year. So go, it can't be Dulcich. i tell you what, I'll go McGlinchey, Powers, Judy, they have talent on offense. The 49ers couldn't wait to get rid of. Couldn't wait to get rid of them? Couldn't wait to get rid of them. Well, you know what? You know know, know what I would say? Best of luck running to the right side. Let's see how that works out for him. Let's see how that works out for him. Best of luck running to the first, because he may not be great in pass protection. No, that's kind of important for a tackle, isn't it? Yeah, but he he is a a good run tackle. We'll find out, obviously. You know, we'll find out what his third uh, draft looks like soon enough. You guys love guards who are great pass blockers when guards need to be run blockers and tackles who are great run blockers when they need to be able to pass protect. That's that's kind of been the Bronco problem with offensive linemen for a decade now, hasn't it? Well, 
well, that that goes back to the Elway years right. when they when they felt certain guys should be the right tackles and they wind up overpaying or a mental Watson doesn't want to play if he has a, a hung toenail, right? So they, they've had problems at that position for a long time. I want to get to something really quick. If you have a minute, Sean, sure. Cody Work and I are doing a kind of a round table. And, and the question was from Doug Oddwell, how many wins do you think the Broncos will have this season? Not spoiler alert here. So the over-under is what, eight and a half? Eight is that half. right, Sean? Yep, that's the okay. Superbook Sports event at eight and a half. And as you know, Cody picked nine wins. And you picked eight wins. Mm-hmm. I'm saying 10 or 11, and I'll tell you why. Because, yes, I understand it's circular logic. But in a lot of ways, I think this team is more talented. Where they're really lacking is pass rush. That's my biggest concern for them. Specifically, an outside linebacker. We don't know if you want to. If you want to call a mistake, a mistake for George Payton, probably in order. Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Russell Wilson easily has a chance to jump up to number one, and then Randy Gregory. Right. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Okay. With that, Randy Gregory didn't play that much last season. If the Broncos score twenty-one and a half points a game which was middle of the pack last year with George Payton. And I think that Russell Wilson is going to improve. Do you think that's a reasonable number? 21 and a half points a game with what they currently have on offense. Is that reasonable? Yes. Talent wise. Yes, it is. Okay. Sandy, is that reasonable to you? What happened to the days when 24 to 27 was the expectation? That's not what he's asking. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying. No, I'm just I'm just pushing him up the yeah, middle of the no, pack. I'm I'm asking you, what's the average output in the NFL oh, for an offensive uh, team? And you have uh, three points under, and you want me to do no, the no, hands no, 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 no. Tw- twenty twenty uh, twenty one point nine per game uh, would actually have been fourteenth in the league last year. That's okay, fine. a whole bunch average. of teams were at twenty one. Right, that's, that's, that's what he's saying. Okay. He's saying they'd get so, in the slightly average area. Yeah. So point. if there are twenty one point nine points a game. Before they're twelve and f- they're twelve and five. If they average that, they're twelve and five. Now listen to me. Hold, hold on a second. But before you know, you laugh me off your show. Do you really think the defense is really going to take that big of a hit because Ejiro Evero is no longer here? Do you really think it's going to be that bad? Because I don't. I think they have two stars on defense. That's what I think. Okay, I'm not going to argue and that. And nine guys named Joe. Okay, I'm not going to argue that. But I and that's a top five talent. defense in your mind. What's that? That's a top five defense. The Broncos? Yeah. Top five defense. Sandy, I, I, Sandy, he, he I say, love you. But, didn't say top but five. man, you, Sandy, top I love five? you. But man, do you put words in people's mouth. Well, where do you have them? I didn't but say you're, they're you're top talking five. Them up. You're talking them up and you're saying if they average 21.9, then win 12 games. I think they are a certainly top 15 defense in this league. And you know what? That's pretty much where they were last. So they're going to be 15th in offense, 15th in defense, and they're going to win 12 games. If Russell, no, if Russell Wilson improves, and I expect, Sandy, let's just cut right to the chase. Broncos have three wins or four wins this year, because I'm going to put words in your mouth. (laughs) Maybe five. Are they they lucky to hit five this year? Because you make it sound like, that they're going to be just god off. Well, you're you're the guy saying they win twelve. I, I haven't heard anybody. No, say I didn't this say they'll win 12. twelve. What what I what I said what I said was last year they would have. I think they are a ten win team. Ten win. All right. I well, think they are a ten win team. 
You can catch more of Eric Goodman in the morning with his co-host for sure. Morning drive, 7 to 9 a.m. every day on Mile High Sports. Of course, MileHighSports.com uh, streaming live as well. Uh, we'll have to do this more often, guys, for sure. But uh, we oh, do have to, to break away because there's some let me uh, say this for good commentary seconds. available. All right. Give me 15 seconds. You got it. I've said this to Sandy's face, and I've said this to anybody who will listen. Sandy is the best radio sports talk show host I've ever heard, and I've worked in major markets. So dueling with him, I thoroughly enjoy. I don't know if you enjoy it with me, but I love it with you. <laughs> we'll make sure we do this more often for sure. He is Eric Goodman. Eric Goodman on Twitter. Morning Drive 7 to 9 a.m. every day on Milo Sports. Thanks a lot, Eric. See you guys. All right. Uh, we've obviously got over there, but great stuff. We wanted to make sure we uh, share that, so we're going to step aside and, uh, you know, our sponsors do their thing. We'll be back for more on Milo Sports. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. We are a week away from baseball's trade deadline, and the Colorado Rockies have, uh, well, guys they need to move on from. They are not going anywhere, and you need to go ahead and make some moves. The Rockies historically uh, love holding on to their own guys, do not like making trades. Uh, especially if anyone had a halfway decent year. But maybe things, uh, maybe this season's bad play is starting to shake something loose. The Rockies did deal Pierce Johnson, who's been an effective part of their bullpen, at least as effective as their bullpen gets, to the Braves, who ended up wanting him. The Braves uh, send a pair of prospects, Tanner Gordon and Victor Vodnik. Uh, Gordon is a, a, a fringe prospect at this point, former sixth rounder. Vodnik is interesting. Now, there's been injury concerns, which is why you end up sometimes with guys like this. But uh, at, at the beginning of last season, prior to 2022, considered their best pitching prospect. Now, an injury took him out of that, and he said the Braves switched him to relief, where things really started to click. In, in this case, is a guy with good strikeout stuff. He does have abilities, 23 years old, needs to tighten things up. He's not really ready to hop in immediately uh, this year down at uh, Mississippi in AA. Right now, the, the whip is sitting over one. 1.2. It's not the, the strikeouts, but a little bit of the walks. It's only 2-1 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. Problem is giving up 26 hits and 40 innings. But the Rockies take a guy in Johnson who had really no utility for them. They get a couple of, of prospects. One of them, uh, even the Braves thought at the spring last year, might break into their bullpen. So I, I think for the Rockies, um, a decent trade. Not amazing. You're not going to get an amazing trade when everyone knows your team's not going anywhere. But maybe things are shaking loose a little bit down uh, on 20th and Blake, and there may be more deals to come. Getting a deal done now tells me there's more time to do it well, over the course of the they week. Have a, they have more than a week, if if you count today. Right. Because a week from tomorrow is a trade deadline, mm-hmm. August 1st. And we know that after August 1st, you can make moves. Yes. But basically, the deadline is August 1st. And there are probably at least two more trades that they need to make involving people who have more regular roles than Johnson had by yeah. the time he finished. Up and here. you're thinking of uh, Gritchick, Profar, yeah. CJ Crone, those, those, yeah. those kind of right. players. Yeah. You know, they, they got fortunate this weekend. They ran into a team that is slumping badly in Miami and they're able to take two out of three. And in terms of, uh, Regulation nine inning games, 
they uh, almost swept. Well, good so for, that gets them off gets the one hundred. I know they're just pace. hovering at that uh, at that pace, and, and that part is kind of interesting because they're just barely hovering. Uh, but it it maybe does feel as if uh, something kind of. Uh, uh, the, the Rockies usually don't make these kind of deals this far before the the deadline, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, that's something you don't see them do. They usually, if they make any, they make a minor move uh, right at the deadline. And now in this case, you know, maybe there's a little bit more to it. But we'll see if the Rockies do more. Obviously, they uh, they need to. This is a team that's not going anywhere. Just before we break. Rebuild. Quick, got some prospects. No. And I think this is good for baseball. Of the 10 largest payroll teams, only five are within a game of the postseason playoff field. Five of the ten smallest payrolls are also just a game from being in the playoffs. Something resembling parity would be great for baseball. That's it great really for would. baseball. It is. And, and the works. Rockies aren't in the top ten, and they aren't in the bottom nope, ten. They're one of the and they goes. are, Not apart from Kansas City and Oakland, the worst team in baseball. So the idea is get rebuilding, stop grabbing a bunch of guys that are 30 and think they're going to turn it around to see if the Rockies start doing that. Over at Superbook Sports, we're changing the game. Help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling, with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use the promo code MileHigh, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose. Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code MILEHIGH. So download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code MILEHIGH, and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Sandy has strong feelings on this Denver Broncos team and what their future may look like. They are somewhat less than others, and there are reasons for it. We definitely want to get a little bit more about that because Veterans Report tomorrow. We'll talk about it next on My Life Sports. Now more with Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. This is Sandy and Sean on Mile High Sports. Denver Broncos veterans report to training camp tomorrow, so things will get moving rather quickly under Sean Payton. But as we pointed out, uh, most of the Broncos, when you're talking about this team's depth chart, uh, essentially or the same. And and so we go back to the argument that you have every year. The number Broncos, 16.9 points per game last year, dead last in the NFL. And it, you'll, you'll get an argument all the time this way, one way or the other. I, I, I know which side I come down on. I think I know which side you come down on. Do players win games or do coaches win games? Because for the Denver Broncos, I mean, I'll just, I'll just run through it real quick. Uh, presumably, the depth chart health permitting, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick as your wide receivers, Greg Dulcich at tight end. If you have a fullback, it's Michael Burton. Let's call that a slightly different position. Garrett Bowles, Ben Powers, Lloyd Cushion, Barry Quinn, Miners, McGlinchey uh, on the offensive line. Let's remove the fullback for a moment because it's minimal. McGlinchey and Powers are new. That's it. Let's go to the defense. Uh, along the line, yeah, I know the wisdom is a linebacker, but we're going to say on the defensive line, that's Frank Clark, DJ Jones, Zach Allen, because that's where Frank Clark's going to play. 
uh, if Baron Browning were healthy, be Browning, Singleton, Jewell, and Gregory at linebackers, Sertan and Mathis at corner, Jackson and Simmons at safety. The additions are, in this case, Clark and Allen. So out of the 22 positions of your starting offensive defense, 18 of the 22 are the same guys. The only additions on both sides of the line, which I think is actually really important for the Broncos to have let that go. So if it is primarily the same team, because put it this way, I don't think you'll have a problem arguing that Ben Powers is an upgrade from Dalton Reisner. I know you won't have a problem arguing that Mike McGlinchey, despite his applause as a pass blocker, is not going to be an improvement at the revolving door at right tackle. Frank Clark may be an improvement, probably isn't on the other side, but if you want to say Zach Allen is a downgrade or at best, maybe even with Draymond Jones, I think that's fair. So there are uh, moderate improvements in those four guys, not franchise-changing improvements in those four guys. 18-22 starters are the same. So this lands on Sean Payton, and, and at least I understand it today over the course of the program, Sandy. Uh, you simply don't believe that's enough to make the difference between a bad team that won five games and a good team that will make the playoffs. Right, right. I mean, we, we had Eric all over the place. I mean, he was up to 12 wins. I had a feeling if we kept <laughs> him on another five minutes, it went to four, It would go to 14. But then he came down to 10 at the, at the end. Ten, saying they, so I'm, I, well, I'm saying. He I, said he thought they'd win 10 this year. But if they had scored right. 21 and a half points per game last year, they would have won 11 well, yeah, or 12. Well, yeah, but he went a little further. He said 11 to 12 with a good coach. Uh, and that's what you could expect this year. But. I mean, he went down to 10, so I, I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have gone up to 14. Maybe he'd have gone down to 10, and five more minutes he'd have been down to eight, which is kind of where I am, seven, eight wins. Yeah. And I think that's a massive I think it's, improvement. I think it's seven or eight, I think eight that's too. a massive improvement over last year. Mm-hmm. But I, I think part of Eric's argument is similar to what we hear from the Broncos every year. And Eric, I think, was one of those people who was pretty bullish on the Broncos last year. Uh, maybe at some point during training camp, he became less bullish. But that, I, I want to go back to a couple of things. First of all, Russell Wilson was not overweight at the start of the season. What Russell Wilson put on weight during the season. And I would even grant him, uh, you know, he missed a couple of games. He had a hamstring issue at one point. That may have, in spite of the squats he was doing on the airplane to London, <laughs> high high leg, uh, that that may have resulted in his putting on a few pounds. And we know that uh, his uh, society, high society lifestyle, <laughs> probably isn't great for conditioning when you're banged up during the year. And yes, by the end of the year, he probably had ten or fifteen pounds he needed to lose. But he wasn't that way at the beginning of the year. He wasn't 10 or 15 pounds overweight coming out of training camp. Even though it was a very soft training camp, nobody puts on 10 or 15 pounds at training camp. No. Nobody does. Uh, no. No no starter does anyway. And if somebody does that, they're cut. So it, it's almost unimaginable to me that even with practices being as soft as they were last year and as low energy as they were, that anybody could put on that much weight. But to your point about bringing back 18 of 22, I guarantee you in 2024, we won't be talking about 18 out of 22 starters returning from 2023. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. But 
if they win 10 to 12 games, I don't know. Why wouldn't Sean Payton come back with the same team next right. year? I think some of the guys mentioned in our conversation who are not even starters in some cases, they're fringe players, I think there'll be a few of those guys who get weeded out this year. I don't know exactly which guys there will be. We'll know by their performance. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it'll be it'll take Sean Payton to tell us who can play on a winning team in the years ahead and who can't. I don't think Sean Payton will need to tell us that. I think his actions will demonstrate how he feels about that. And and the other thing Eric said, and I, I, I didn't want to jump on him for, for everything he said because I disagreed with virtually all of it, but who's making a big deal about Jarrett Stidham? There's one guy, Sean Payton. Now, that's a very Now, when he said, point. when he addressed himself to you, Sean, mm-hmm. he was really addressing the other Sean, Mm -hmm. who's the person who has delivered the highest amount of praise in Jarrett Stidham's direction. You didn't say that Jarrett Stidham was a a potential future NFL starter. This is the the quarterback whisperer saying Mm -hmm. this. This is Sean Payton. Now, Drew Brees, who's saying, I still believe on a good team in this league that this is a bit of and 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 maybe not. I mean, he may really believe in Jared Stidham. That was entirely possible, but I think that Sandy, that the Stidham addition is, I'm not going to say it's a bluff because I don't think he's bluffing, but I think it is the shot across the bow to Russell Wilson that we we did talk about that with Eric, and we all agreed on one thing that Russell Wilson likes to play his way. We're going to find out if Russell Wilson is willing to lose his way or adjust and adapt to play another way very quickly. And I think Sean Payton knows that. And I think the addition of Stidham is, look, I'm, this is my incentive, okay? This is this is my carrot and my stick. Uh, you're going to play the way I tell you to play, or I have another guy that will, and I'm not afraid yes. to put him in. Yes. I think that's what Sean Payton has yes. done with Jared Stidham. And again, it I is said more this about Wilson than Stidham throughout the offseason. There is not a training camp competition. At no, not even the slightest. But, but if we see during the first half of the season more or less what we saw last year, there's no doubt in my mind that when the bye week rolls around in week nine, which is between. Sunday, October 29th, home game with Kansas City, and Monday night, November 13th at Buffalo. There could be a quarterbacking change. And you know what? The changes might not be limited to the quarterback position. See, we talk about this offensive line because Garrett Bowles has played left tackle for six years Mm -hmm. as if, He's some kind of stalwart. He's just the guy who's played left tackle. The guy that they've had. Right. I agree with that. And he has never been seriously He's had one year in which he was good, and that one year was anomalous. great year. It was an anomalous year and an anomalous season, in which, by the way, uh, the league focused on reducing holding calls, and holding calls were down nearly 50%. 
Prior to that season, Garrett Bowles had led the league in holding calls since he came into the league. Well, there is nobody else who was going to benefit more. Well, he had the I, I will say for that one season, listen, the holding penalties to this day that are called on Garrett Bowles are the most obvious holding yeah, the, penalties yeah, he, you'll ever he doesn't see. Get, they aren't fringe no, penalties. They don't where give him the ticky tack one. Well, they're just picking on poor Garrett Bowles. No. They're not. They're he's not tackling tick-tack. people. Yeah. He's, now, he's grabbing guys. He's better now than he was in 17, Certainly. 18, He has 19. improved substantially. He's, he's better, I think so. He's better. But he's hardly a standout. No. Now, he was an all-pro caliber player in 2020, mm-hmm. but... But he wasn't before, and he hasn't been since. His, his, his again, his overall record... And even his profile has has increased, although I, I think it's very interesting that in 21, to be sure, he was a spokesman of sorts. They were putting mm-hmm. him out there on a pretty regular basis. And then all of a sudden last year, they weren't doing that as much. And now this year, you, you don't hear from him. He is not considered any kind of league spokesman on the team even though he's been here next to uh, Justin Simmons as long, about as, anybody. As, long as anybody. Yeah. Right. And, and, and obviously as you pointed out earlier in the show, like Justin Simmons, uh, Garrett Bowles is a wholly positive guy. He is a glass half full guy. Yeah. And as, as a result, you know, I think the Broncos like putting those guys out there in front for the most part. And uh, we'll find out soon enough well, about. I, yeah. What okay. you know, Russell Wilson is. Uh, Justin Simmons is, you know, I, it's interesting how bad teams always seem to have quote unquote, the right kind of players who, who will say all the right things and really, really good teams have characters who will speak the truth, even on successful teams when they don't have it. And I just remember getting to town and learning because they were older than I were. And I'd, now I'm older than the oldest coach. Then I was younger than the youngest player when I first came to town. And I remember learning from people like Tom Jackson and Louie Wright and Joe Collier and Red Miller and a host of others players and assistant coaches that it was okay to say you had a bad game. And it's remarkable how reluctant the Broncos have been. And Sean Payton, I imagine, I'm guessing will be less reluctant, but over the last six years, how reluctant anyone in the organization has been to say, we played badly. This is a major disappointment. And, this losing is absolutely unacceptable. We saw a few sideline fights last year, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And we saw and one of the guys involved. One of the guys involved. In we it, saw Shelby Harris yell at Vic Fangio. A Those few guys times. aren't in here anymore. But you know what? That wasn't involved with winning and losing. That was ego, and that's all that was. That was just ego. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Had well, nothing to do with being. Completely turned off by all the losing. Well, and, nothing and, to do and this is the challenge. The, the, the Broncos ego. have, for the last few years, they've been a losing team. And as a result, losing teams develop losing culture. Sean Payton is expected to just 
stop that and, and turn it around, and that may not happen overnight. But the veterans will report tomorrow. Of course, we'll be on top of all of it. Thanks to Eric Goodman for joining us. Follow him on Twitter, Eric Goodman. And, of course, check him out uh, every morning on Miley Sports, 7 to 9 a.m. with his coach, Bruce Hurdle. If you missed any part of the program, and boy, if you did, did you miss something? You want to catch that interview with Eric Goodman, you can go to MileySports.com or grab the free Miley Sports app. Do that anyway. Crystal clear uh, whenever you want it. The live broadcast, recorded interviews, and all the terrific writing we put together over here at Miley Sports, all in one place. Broncos season really hits and becomes upon us tomorrow. Thanks to Andrew Detmer in the booth for putting everything together. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. We'll be back for more then. But until then, keep it right here at Miley Sports. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.